it is Thursday, the 1st of August. I'm your host Ryan Keir, and this is the Quantium Cast. So, to begin today's podcast, we have a half-year update from Barclays Group, showing their profit before tax, standing at 3.1 billion pounds. But before you think this is impressive, it is down in comparison to half one 2018, about 600 million. And the earnings per share of the company is also down from 14.9 pence to 12.6 pence, meaning that they maybe haven't had as strong a half year as they had in a previous year, but still, nevertheless, growth is positive. And having a look at some other figures that most individual investors won't really look at, the risk-weighted assets of the company have not really changed. About $311 billion in the previous half year to $319 billion right now. There's not really an issue there. Leverage ratio isn't even a problem there. I mean, 4.9%, 5.1%, there's not much movement. And... On the contrary to Metro Bank, their loan deposit ratio has stayed quite steady. You've got 83% in the previous half year to 82% right now, so there's no problem. So to summarize my thoughts on what I think of this update, I think it's a fairly meh update, quite average, but there is one standout fact that shows costs for 2019 are expected to be below forecasted and that is a key highlight from the entire report that is 30 odd pages long that may be taken well by investors but don't expect to see this kind of stock popping 10 plus percent but we'll have to see at open because pre-market is 755 on to the next stock, British American Tobacco. I love this kind of company because when you're looking at the half-term results, you can get a kind of picture of what's happening in the macroeconomic environment. Because if we look here at the revenue, the revenue has increased for the half year by 4.6% to 12.1 billion pounds. That's quite a lot of money, but you'd think, hmm, what's happening versus cigarettes, vapor, uh, kind of revenue. So I look at the cigarette volume and it says total cigarette and THP volume declined in line with the industry down 3.5% to 336 billion sticks. These are just numbers, right? But it shows that cigarette consumption seems to be offset these days by a growth in vapor consumption. So people using e-cigarettes or those, what do they call them? Blue? Those vapes? And, and it shows here that uh, vapor revenue, in fact, for them is up 58% to 183 million pounds with consumables volume increasing 32%. So it shows that the new categories are accounting for a lot of growth in revenue for this company. Although profit from operations was down 1.3%, many are going to look at this by seeing the industry declining, or maybe there's a kind of situation when you had Blockbuster and Netflix coming out. It's just the industry changing. Funnily enough, Blockbuster had uh, been offered to take over Netflix for $50 million, and they said no because they didn't want to 
by their competition. They wanted to outdo their competition. But <laughs> Blockbuster went bust. Netflix is now worth in the hundreds of billions, I, I believe. But regardless, the industry is growing just in a different way. If I can see any differences, I can see the borrowing of the company is up 3.7%, which isn't that healthy, but isn't much of a problem. Net debt is quite high though, 45 odd billion pounds. Most of these companies are growth stocks. You hold on to them and you get your dividends and that's all you really need from them, to be honest. We're gonna now move on to Convertech Group and they've reported their first half results for 2019. They said revenues are at $888.9 million in the first half. These have decreased in comparison to the previous year by 3.5%. And they do have a couple of one-off provisions, nothing huge, some 10 million. They've had a lot of investments in other projects. The dividend has been maintained. They have noted though, that leverage is at 2.6 times net debt, which is quite scary. I do recall seeing that kind of leverage back in 2016 with a couple of Oilers, but what is important is margins. So if I could find something about the margins that would maybe help. Okay, so they have quite all right margins, 18.6%, but these margins are down in comparison to the first half of 2018, where their margins were just above 22%. And this is EBIT margin, so earnings before interest and tax. But with their gross margin, you've also seen a drop actually from 59.3% to 58.6%. So the company hasn't been making much progress except for this organic sales measure that we've mentioned. Organic growth basically means the sales that a company sources itself or additional customers or whatever. That's worked towards the revenue. So that front has shown growth but on an aggregated basis the company hasn't actually made sales growth so let's finish by looking at their outlook and guidance they have mentioned that their full year guidance of organic revenue growth of one percent to two and a half percent is maintained meaning that they aren't looking for an upgrade nor a downgrade but one thing i find worrying about this update is they mention organic revenue growth, not revenue growth. So they will likely see a drop in revenue. Um, so I wouldn't really take this update as mega positive. I would say though, yes, the debt has reduced by about $100 million in the past six months. That could be taken as a positive, you know, net asset value increasing. And the shares have been beaten up recently by short sellers. So we'll have to see how things go about neutral stance on that report, I'd say. <laughs> now moving on to Imarsat PLC, the global satellite communications firm and a self-proclaimed leader. So this company has had a growth in revenues, first half at revenues in 2019 in comparison to 2018. Other revenue has dropped though, but that's not really that significant. It counts for something like 12% of total revenue, sorry, 15% of total revenue. The gross margin of the firm seems to have increased, but <laughs> with companies like this, when they get offered 
to be taken over there are additional costs like bankers lawyers and it has mentioned here that they've had 21 million dollars in recommended offer costs yet still for the first half of 2019 they've recorded a loss after tax of 125 million dollars it isn't that positive their second quarter profits were actually 147 million dollars and the firm seems to be making little to no progress on the loss reduction front the company has net assets of approximately i think 1.15 billion dollars and this shows that the majority of their valuation is held in the business itself maybe the recent acquisition i don't know exactly who by but this may have been a strategic acquisition and it seems that it's possible as the company has been making a lot of losses recently that maybe this takeover is an attempt at a coup to maybe change management and use the offerees expertise in this field to effectively turn this company around and now Merlin Entertainment's PLC released their 2019 half-year report for the first half. Revenue is up, actually, by 8.1%. Quite an impressive bit of performance there from the company. However, the underlying profit for the period is very low at £25 million. And this is in comparison to the 26 weeks ended the 30th of June, 2018 so even with sales growth they have decreased the resulting profit that to me isn't that positive they haven't mentioned the dividend per share for this half but they did mention a two and a half pence dividend per share there it seems this company isn't doing as well as they were back in the old days where margins were quite high in this business but they were recently taken over by the, the Danish Legoland founders, I believe, and it was something like a 5.9 billion pound acquisition. So it's possible that this performance is just a short term bump in the road, as they may say, to potentially see a change in the longer term for investors. Anyways, long term investors or PIs, to be honest, are up something like 35% off that premium. So what can they complain about? In fact, I can find it here. It says it was a recommended offer for the company on the 28th of June. So it's about to be completed, I think by the 3rd of September, as they say here. And regarding the recommended offer, I assume with the additional costs that come, as I mentioned earlier, with bankers, lawyers, and other individuals, well, professional individuals of that nature, it seems that the company isn't giving an interim dividend payment. There won't really be much movement in the share price, I assume, because the fact that there was an offerer may make investors think, okay, there is some long-term potential in this and they may see much more value than the current market valuation and even the 36% premium that they paid. But a lot of us can look at this and think, maybe the Danish Lego founders are trying to bump up revenues themselves by using Merlin's theme parks as an another advertising channel or another sales channel to go through and say, look, you come here and you buy a little bit of Lego for your kids or whatever, 
and also enjoy the rides. There would be these gift shops or merchandising opportunities. I mean, the opportunities are endless for firms that already have the existing infrastructure like Lego already do. And finally, moving on to Capita PLC or Capita. This is an advertising and marketing agency that is very popular and they also provide a lot of software solutions to many firms and individuals these days. So they mentioned their revenue is 1.85 billion for the half year in line with their expectations. Profit before tax stands at 126.1 million. They have a solid order book of six and a half billion pounds. But I mean, nothing impressive. You'd expect to have an order book like that because it's basically a sales pipeline. If we look back to Carillion, Carillion had contracts of above 20 billion pounds, but they weren't alive to see them through. Obviously, that's a different case because Capita has gone through a multi-year transformation. In fact, they're on their second year of that and they've strengthened client relationships. They've focused on making those foundations for growth and putting them in place. This company has now put their 2020 targets of achieving double digit operating profit margins, which is quite impressive if they can achieve it. And they wanna have at least 200 million of sustainable free cash flow. This company is trying to change its previous gloomy outlook in 2018, which sent the shares crashing. I don't remember exactly where, but I think they were about five, six pounds and above, all the way to one pound 10 or so. I think now they're one pounds 40 per share, and they've recovered quite a bit. And they have a nice technical setup, which we will have later in our OnePlus episode that will be uploaded after this, probably later in the evening. For this company in particular, I believe the valuation was quite battered, especially from a bout of short selling in 2018. At one point, they were one of the most shorted shares. Now, obviously not, but uh, one must watch them carefully because in the past, you've had companies shorted a lot, like uh, Premier Oil. Premier Oil was shorted something like 30% of its uh, issued share capital. And when the short had gone to something like two, three percent, just a natural hedges, it had completely exploded. So I wonder if this company can continue to turn around and follow through with its transformation as companies like Provident Financial, a lending firm, hopes to do. And it will be interesting to see some growth for investors, especially value investors or those who seek to catch a transformational turnaround in a company. So that wraps up today's episode of the Quantum Cast. But if you want insight into the technical side, then stay tuned until later today, where I will be going over the charts for select few companies mentioned in this podcast. But first, head on over to our site, quantumresearch.co.uk, and download the analysis for this episode from the bonus content page. For episode one plus, I've been your host, Brian Keir. Until next time.